This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie <laughs> dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop, make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd, only on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome to the Power Cat Podcast. Presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Now let's go to the Rolling Flint Hills, home of the Cats and Dogs Studio. Here's your host, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast. No, I didn't hit more music. I got distracted, but we're here. Our cameras are working. The dogs are get settled in. Gills looks fantastic right there in the middle. Zach just went really dark, and I don't mean that in like humor or personality. There, he, he lifts his head. It helps a little. I don't even know. Zach, uh, Zach just always looks like he's up to something on this podcast. Always hiding from a security camera. That's right. It's <laughs> so funny, man. This is so. That's exactly what it is. He's. I think he's been up to some crimes. Um, on his in his spare time, he doesn't. He doesn't charge me the hours, you know, to do crimes. He just does the crimes. Uh, we're sponsored by Fred's Wholesale Liquor. You know that. Make sure when you're in town, um, stop by the fridge. Kansas State men's basketball are big, uh, big reasons why the fridge is having great sales this month. If you know what I mean. Fridge wholesale liquor at the corner of this or that in the town in which we live. Let's just get going here, boys. We got stuff to do. Ryan, you ready to answer some questions? I was born ready. Yeah. Okay, let's go on now and Zach Carlson with your questions from All Bash Station. From Win Win 1943, where does K-State stand for the NIT? It, this is a very NIT-themed basketball half of questions. Uh, so maybe we should call this the acceptance episode. Yes. Uh, you know, and I'll start off with this answer. I try to stay positive. You know, technically, they, there's still a pathway to the tournament. That doesn't include winning the tournament in Kansas City. But it includes things that this team hasn't proven to be able to do. They might win their next two at home, but that doesn't even come close to getting it done. Um, if they win their next three, maybe a win or two in Kansas City will get them there. Uh, I just, guys, I, I don't see it. I don't. I can't find that pathway for Kansas State to the tournament. Uh, so just don't lose out. Win one of these home games. Make sure you're over 500. If K-State's over 500, I think they'll be in the NIT because the NIT's honestly trying to put more name schools. I don't mean that as an insult, but it's gotten pretty heavy with um, you know teams that just don't draw viewers. And even though they're competitive, 
They, they want to get the very best of the lower leagues, the mid-majors, and add them into what they hope is two schools from every major conference, which is 12 schools when you add in the Big East. Yeah, I think they're in good shape, mostly because the viable teams from this conference will mostly end up in the NCAA tournament. And if Cincinnati beats K-State, if Cincinnati performs well down the stretch, they too will probably end up in the NCAA tournament. Uh, and if the NIT wants to take two, uh, then you're looking probably at UCF and Kansas State. Um, and that's just, that's the hope at this point. I mean, well, the hope is to get the get everything done and get to the tournament. But I think, you know, if we want to be really honest, this isn't a tournament team. They don't deserve to be in the field. They're playing awful basketball right now that is only covered up by their incredible defense, keeping them competitive. I When Zach started uh... – asking this question, I was like, I thought it was going to say NCAA tournament. And I'm glad that it's NIT because um, that's where this team, you know, bluntly put, I think belongs right now. Now, obviously Fitz, you mentioned it. There's still time to turn things around and, you know, K-State can get hot and make the NCAA tournament. That's not completely impossible or out of the question. You know, Jerome Tang is still optimistic. He said um, that they're I think on post-game radio after that loss to Texas on Monday that their best basketball is ahead of them. So they're not giving up, but you're not going to win games if you continue to play the way that Kansas State has been playing. They're just not. Um, I know you guys are probably, you know, visit nitbracketology.com every day. Yes. You know, I just pulled up that website. K-State's a three seed right now So in the NIT. And so obviously you look at the, the, the NCAA tournament, K-State is just like I looked at Joel Lenardi's this morning. I think K-State's nowhere to be mentioned, right? No, they're not included. And so, yeah, they're, but so that's why I tend to believe that Jerome Tang's whole nine wins is, you know, we, we agree, we agree to disagree on that, but you go four and one down the stretch, you catch fire. Maybe you're back in the conversation. You're going to be back in the conversation, but and I, I've mentioned this guys, the non-conference just isn't good. You know, those Providence Villanova wins, don't look as good as they once did. The losses to USC, I mean, that's just a terrible loss now. Miami's not, as, you know, they took a big step back from the Final Four team last year. So, uh, yeah, the NIT is just, I mean, do you guys think that this that they'll go to the NIT? Yeah, I do. Do you think I, so? Okay. I, I hope I they think, don't. I would never want to play in it, but that's just me personally. But uh, obviously, if you love the sport, if you love the sport of basketball, you want to keep playing, by all means. But I brought up a video on Twitter from Jacob Pohl in his senior year, it was like January, yeah. and he said he wasn't going to play in the NIT. I think that this team needs a Jacob Pohl right now. Well, no, they needed that a month and a half ago. Yeah, the <laughs> the true. Jacob Pohl and I'm not playing in the NIT. At least he had a bit of runway to earn it. If Tyler Perry says I don't want to play in the NIT again, go they're going to they're gonna have to go win out. They have to win out, and they probably still need to win a couple games in the Big Twelve tournament. If they are playing on Tuesday in the Big 12 tournament, it's done. It's over. If they're playing on Wednesday in the Big 12 tournament, I mean, I feel like that's the the goal for the rest of this season right now is win enough games to where you are the 10 seed, not the 11 seed. I, I just, that's that's where I'm at. And we'll get into some of the more NIT selection criteria and kind of, you mentioned oh, that. Yeah. We'll get into that later, but mm, I love it. I just, I think that, yes, it is. The NCAA tournament is impossible, I think, at this point. 1% chance is what I'd say. They, Whether they do it in the Big 12 tournament or whether they do it over the next three weeks, they have to win a bunch of games in a row. Yeah, so the bracket isn't set up 
in Kansas City the way I thought it was. There's only four teams that play on the first day. So those wins would have no value. <clears throat> when you talk about NCAA tournament, you know. It's the equivalent of Dayton. Right. This you, Like Tuesday is the equivalent of Dayton for the Big 12 tournament. The, winning that game doesn't do anything for your resume because all four teams would be out of the field. So you'd have to get to the next day to get a game of value. And even then, it could be of questionable value depending on, you know, who you go up against because you're going to be in the five through, what, eight seeds. Um, and, you know, some teams will carry more value with that line than others. But, yeah, I this is an NIT team. I haven't had uh, reason to say this in a while to my fellow members of the media. But after that Iowa State game, senior day, the last home game on the schedule, keep your press pass and parking pass. You're going to need it. You're gonna, it there's going to be more home games. Period. You know what's crazy? You've said that a lot throughout the years that I've worked for you. I've never covered an NIT year. Yeah, it's, it's been that long. It I has know. been that long since K-State's played in the NIT. Which is another wanna, reason they may want them. Yeah, I'm not going to say that it's great, but at the same time, it is an interesting tournament. There's some rule changes. Like I said, we'll talk about it. But, but yeah, And keep this in mind. The women will be hosting at home, too, in the same time frame. So it could get interesting yeah. trying to get this Good. all done. Good. But uh, with with the NIT, like real quick here, back in 2017 when it was – that was Dean and Barry and Cam. That was their sophomore year, right? That was mm-hmm. – you you know, you you could see they were building momentum for the program, right, for the years to come. And so I would have been 100% fine if K-State – would have not made it. They don't make the first four. They just make the NIT. I think that's great. And you're, you're continuing, you know, you're learning how to, you know, play in the postseason, right. You know, albeit a, a step lower, but guys, this is Tyler Perry senior year, you know, before the year, these guys, the coaches, they were outspoken about getting to Phoenix for the final four. Now, obviously losing Naquan Tomlin and Quez Glover, I get it. You know, what's, what's changed the expectations. That's fine. But for this team to to come up short of the NCAA tournament is just that kind of backs up what I was saying is this: if I was a player on this team, you gave yourself that expectation to go to the Final Four, and so now why would you want to play in anything that doesn't give you a, a chance to go to the Final Four, which is the NIT? I get it. Tyler Perry's a NIT champion last year, so maybe he wants to go and give it another go around in that tournament. But I mean, I was a player. MVP. I wouldn't. I'm sure it's probably never happened before, right? So maybe that's what they want to do, but. Just saying, for I, me personally, my opinion, if I was a player, I wouldn't want to do it. I'm going to disagree with you. I think players want to play. And they get to, unless there's been point, a dr- yeah. dreadful season like a West Virginia, you get to the end of the year and you want it to be done. I don't think this team wants it to be done. Um, I I think they're kind of in a serious funk, but maybe they just need a first round NIT game to beat the crap out of someone if they're capable of doing that uh, to, you know, get them rebuilt confidence in that hey we can compete now we're we're free of these big 12 defenses let's go play yeah and i'm not gonna if k-state does go there i'm not gonna fault them for doing that obviously no let's go ahead and ask the next question continue uh came to elevate asks what are the pluses and minuses of k-state playing in the nit the the plus is the younger players get some form of postseason the the minus is if you just continue with this player rotation and they don't see more playing time. I don't really see minuses particularly unless someone blows a knee. Um, you know, I look, if they go out and lose in the first round of the NIT to someone, you know, to Stony Brook or, you know, what, Rhode Island, I don't know who's out there. Uh, that won't be good. 
it, it won't. But maybe if, you know, this is a year, we saw Baylor use it. We saw Wichita State use it. We've seen other programs use the NIT to make a run and, and build some confidence for the next year. Honestly, I don't think this team is – we were just talking about the Final Four. I don't think this team is NIT Final Four worthy right now. So, yeah, I mean, the pluses are there. The minuses are less. But I'm kind of with Gills in that I don't think it's that consequential to play or not play in the tournament. I just I, – I don't think there's that much to gain when you have – players that probably won't be back filling most of the slots on the floor. So you mentioned Baylor with the NIT, right? Like, so that that's probably our answer here or for me personally, like they're going to play, right? I would mm-hmm. assume he's going to do something similar to what Scott drew, whether that's, Hey guys, go out and win. We want to win this NIT or if it's, Hey, we want to give these young guys experience, right? Whatever, you know, Avenue they want to take there probably going to be, if Baylor did it, drum tanks probably going to do it here. K state. Yeah. Yeah. I I think the pluses are you, you obviously you can try putting together a run. Um, you can try winning some games. You can play a lot of young guys. You know, I think some minuses for me would be if they play the old guys, the guys that have no basketball left, like a Tyler Perry, if they play him 40 minutes a night. I mean, I think that, yes, you'd want to win as many games as possible. But I think that the development of you know, having the liberty to play some younger guys program. What did I just what, do? Did you do something? I just, I just removed myself from it. I'm going to him, him, and then remove him, uh, and I'm going to add him and add him. Golly, jeez. <laughs> I, I went to do one thing. Hey, uh, which so was, for once it was not my internet's was, fault, right? No, no. This is what I went to do for everyone watching. I went to edit my name and misclicked and wow. took myself yeah so it's just not easy i think the minuses are seeing a bunch of old guys with limited basketball especially guys like you know well kaluma can kaluma come back he can't can, yeah, yeah he's not uh, so well, like agree to disagree on that guys okay but you know for a guy that has nba potential let's just right. call it that whether they have eligibility or not you know guys that can go to the the nba i don't know if they necessarily want to or if the nit is going to do them a lot of good i mean i just i can't see i can't see some of these guys being completely thrilled about playing in it especially if they have greater career aspirations but you know pluses are you can sell some tickets if you get a couple home games you can try making a run um you know if if it's a lot of young guys that get a lot of minutes, I would be pleased. Right. I'm with you. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. I don't care as much about winning as much as experience for younger guys. That's that's my take. The, the issue so, is if a guy like Tyler Perry says, I'm going to sit it out. I mean, then you have just one point guard. Day-Day Ames got to go wire to wire and, and not get kicked out, not foul RJ out. can step in there if needed. To play a point, I don't. I don't. He played so. it in for, high school for a couple nights in March. For in one night NIT, in March, if this was the Final Four, <laughs> you know, maybe a different story, but we'll find out. Honestly, yeah, I'd we'll rather see. have I'd rather have R.J. Jones out there just getting experience, whatever position agree. it is, if it's point guard or not. I don't think it matters to me. I'm gonna. I'll, yeah. I'll be real honest here. If they lose to BYU, screw it. Play these young guys. Yeah. This group isn't getting to the tournament. They're not getting it done. Go get some experience for the young guys. 
And uh, Gills, go find Michaela Bridge and witness protection and bring him back. Uh, I mean, they just got to get some of these, these guys on the court. We're seeing advancement from Day Day in the limited time he's played. Does he continue to make some bonehead mistakes? Oh, yeah. But I'd much rather be dealing with mistakes from a true freshman or a redshirt freshman than a fifth-year senior who's throwing wild, blind, over-his-head over bullet passes to no one. Yep. yep. That, I'm sorry. That is just absolute crap basketball. And I don't want to see it anymore. I'm tired of it. It's grotesque. It offends my senses. With that, we will move on to no, El on, Camino. Hang on, hang on one second. Gilbert's got something to say here. Gilbert's got something to say. Those, those plays, you know, Tyler Perry throwing the ball over the head, those could be found in the GPC film study on Go Power Cat for the VIP subscribers. Anyways, um, you mentioned Buddy Rich. Like, I, did a, I crunched the numbers. I added up all the plus minus for every player in Big 12 play. Gasson was like plus 30-something, which was crazy, which I did not expect that. But I think Arthur and Cam were like plus one. But the only other guy in the positive was was Buddy. Now, obviously, I think if, but if he plays, you know, in every Big 12 game for like 15 minutes, he's going to be negative because K-State's five and eight, and those numbers are, you know, he's probably going to be negative. But he's positive. That's a fact. He is – when K-State when, – when he's been on the court for Kansas State in Big 12 play, the Wildcats have outscored – their opponents. There's not many Wildcats that can say that. And so why not give them a chance? Why not give RJ Jones a chance? You know, obviously they're raw. They're going to make mistakes. They are 100% going to make mistakes. I get that. I'm sure the coaches get that. But again, especially if you lose the BYU fits, you bring up a great point. Why not? Why not give them, you know, why not start them? You know, like I remember when I was a little kid, like I was always batting last. There was this one season and like it got switched up. Sure. There was one game, right? And like everyone that was batting last batted first. Um, and like I just do that, especially if you lose to BYU. Just do that. Give these young guys a chance. And I'm not saying because you have to Look put what up, happened a your baseball career. Right. Well, that didn't work out. None of my careers worked out except for this one. But <laughs> you, you, you've got to put a presentable product on the field. You know, like you look at the MLB. You can't just have your AAA guys going up. Obviously, they're going to get experience and stuff. But you got to put out a good product, right? So I'm not just saying. Right. Taj Manning needs to play 40 minutes a game, but give these younger guys a chance. RJ Jones um, saw his first action against Texas on Monday in about two weeks, and this was one of the plays that broke down in the film study. He got his hand in the passing lane, created a turnover. That's You need more of those plays for Kansas State. So I'm not saying he needs to be playing a ton. I'm not saying he needs, doesn't need to be playing at all, but he put some good stuff on tape for this for this stack to chew on. If that was a long-winded answer, I apologize, but that's, uh, that's, me. that's me. That's me for you guys. Now from El Camino Cat, what are Sorry, your thoughts? El Camino Cat, your turn. What are your thoughts on the NIT's new selection criteria for this season? Do they help or hurt K State's chances? Uh, do you know what they are? Yes, okay. yes, I have them. So the the Power Six, so to speak, right. your ACC, Big East, Big Ten, Big Twelve, Pac Twelve, SEC, they all get the the of the teams that are not in the NCAA tournament. The next teams, based on net ranking, they will choose the top two from each of those conferences. And then um, after the 12 automatic qualifying schools have been selected, they will select the 20 best teams available to compete in the tournament. And I assume that is also going to be based on net ranking. Interesting. So essentially, essentially it is NCAA tournament part two, or, you know, just the, the 69 through whatever. Uh, I can't math. They removed the, um, 
tip of the hat to regular season conference champions that don't get in the NCAA tournament field. They've removed right. that. They, they got rid of that. I would hope they get in anyhow. I, I would imagine they're just with some conference champions from lower conferences that even their net ratings didn't mean they were qualified to be in. I get that. Um, so I understand that. But I wonder with the automatic qualifiers, what if Kansas State is one of those and they completely collapse and end up with a losing record? Are they going to really invite teams with losing records? Because then, Gills, I agree. If you've got a losing record from your regular season, shut it down, man. Just shut it down. But, um, yeah, that's interesting. It basically guarantees – I think K-State feels like they're in the NIT. They will – the NIT committee will select any of these teams regardless of win-loss record. So it does not matter what their record is. Okay. If their net ranking is high enough, yeah. they will – be in if they decide to accept an invitation because I sense that there's quite a few teams from these six conferences that may finish in the top two and get those automatic bids that just decline the bid. Right. Like North Carolina last year, I think didn't, they didn't want any part of the NIT. I, I come back to this. Remember the Vegas 16 that became the Vegas eight. Yes. I I still think that is a viable event if you do this. What took it apart was K-State, bluntly put. K-State said, we're not going to play in this event against these teams that are unworthy of our presence. That's basically what they said. Um, And the tournament collapsed because then nobody else wanted to go in. They went Ryan Gilbert. Um, So if they could get a tournament, invite eight schools, the top eight teams from these power six conferences, I think teams would do that. I think teams would do that. Now, Ryan Gilbert's completely gone. This podcast just got so much better. So much better. His, his internet. His internet's out. I'm telling you, I've been telling this kid, get better internet. Y'all look into it. He never does it. Hmm. He's, he's a lot like me. Um, I was hoping that he would. He's he's coming back in. I know. Um, so you're going to talk. Yeah. Now. Are you going to talk or are you going to disappear again on us? <laughs> can you hear me now? I can yeah. hear you now. Okay. I I don't know. Like I obviously left the studio for like a, a 30 second span there, but I couldn't hear a word for the last like two minutes. So I hope we're back you're, on there now. Well, yeah, but you look like you're being shot. Your camera's about 300 feet away from your face. There, really? You're, you're sharpening. It looks fine. You're sharpening up a little bit now. You're still a little blurry, huh. but uh, look. It's best for everyone. Uh, we were talking about these automatic bids, the NIT. Okay, yeah. Will teams yeah. take them or not? And I was dreaming of the day of reviving the Vegas eight and having all eight schools be from power conferences. I I personally think as as a team, oh, we're going to go play against exclusively power six teams. Okay, we're, we're interested in that. We're not going to fly all over the country. We're going to go to Vegas for like five nights, six nights, whatever works out. And we're going to play. The the Final Four was in Vegas last year. It is in Indianapolis this year. But I think that the NIT should absolutely, like they did in New York City in Madison Square Garden, I think that the Final Four, maybe even the quarterfinals, you know, you make it three, three rounds in a central location. I think that that would be best. And like you said, having power, making a better tournament, I think, is is what will 
increase the value of playing and participating in the NIT. And and travel comes down to it quite a bit, probably for these, you know, these lower level teams that they won their regular season conference and then didn't win their their championship, you know, their their conference tournament. You know, it's not like flying around the country for three or four games is cheap for right. these teams. So, you know, I don't want to say it's fair to exclude them because it really isn't, but at the same time, having these power six teams take up this many bids for the NIT is probably a good thing because they're more likely to play and they're more likely to play if it's a high quality opponent, like they've, you know, like they presented here, but they have the travel resources and the budget to do so. Agreed. I but I like that middle. idea. I you you must be middle. in the middle. Okay. That's but, Oh my God. He's so needy, man. He, Oh. Well, you can't talk when you're out of co- man. You you boom, boom to the moon, Gills. <laughs> um, can I talk now? Is this okay? Yes. My yes. my final nit thought here is as I was sitting out in timeout when my internet crashed. Um, like Bruce Weber's teams never went. I don't think Bruce Weber ever went to nit. Right? Like that's no, he because was either- his teams were either really good, right? Yeah, or really bad. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if this is what if this is the bottom, if this is the floor, if this is the worst season that you're gonna have with Jerome Tang, you know, you you started off four and one big 12 play, things look promising. And then obviously it it's you know K-State has been very frustrating. Poor play, no doubt about that. But if this is the worst that it's gonna be, you know, you've got it made mm-hmm. as a K-State fan. We've got it made covering this team um that we're talking about the NIT and some people think the world's falling. I admit, you know, I like for me personally as a player, I wouldn't want to play in the NIT, but it could be so much worse. And so if this is the worst that you're going to get with with K-State basketball for the next 15, 20 years with Jerome Tang, uh, you're going to you're, you're pretty happy with that. Right. Why are you making coach go into the 70s? Why are you so mean to coach? Maybe the guy wants to retire no. and live on an island well, and he can't. He can't now. I've, he's got to stay here. My rules. OK, okay that's fine. <laughs> Find me. Last question of the first half from Kevin316. How many players do you expect Jerome Tang to need to get out of the transfer portal this season? And what will K-State's biggest needs be? Gills? I think some of this depends on Arthur Kaluma. Um Yeah. Oh, well, who's staying and who's okay, going? I'm still yeah. here. Um, yeah, so that I mean that's a, a one of your three dudes, right? Obviously, Cam Carter thinks gonna be back. And so it depends who you get leaving, right? But David Castillo is going to come in. I don't know. I would probably anticipate him, whether it's the point guard or at the two, he's probably going to have the same sort of role that Day-Day Ames had. I, they're going to be – they're obviously going to – they're going to get in minutes because he's such a talented player. But just playing as a freshman, right, you're going to make those mistakes. I think the staff this season has shown, especially when you look at RJ and McKayla, they haven't played really at all um, in MIG-12 play, that they're not going to – give you the, the keys to run the offense, right? So I think Castillo's gonna come in and help, but I think the answer to this question is just what do you, you know, what do you lose? Who's gonna leave this team, right? I think that Jerrell Colbert can play center. Um maybe you go out and get a, a backup or somebody down low at the five spot, but that's not going to be a dire need as long as Jerrell Colbert stays on this trajectory. You know, obviously Will McNair's gonna be gone. So if Colbert can just you know stay on pace with what he's doing now, I think his future is very bright. Like you know, Taj Manning has some work to do. There's no denying that after his redshirt season. Drew Colbert, after his redshirt season, um, you know, he's 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 got to get better scoring the ball, but he's a solid rim protector. Um, you know, he's blocking shots left and right, rebounding. And so 
Jarrell Colbert's absolutely on the right direction, but I don't, I mean, I, I want, I don't want to say you need a point guard because for the longevity of your program, having data Ames or RJ Jones or David Castillo, whoever that is having these young guys, that foundation, the core of your program, having them run the point and make those mistakes as you know, their sophomore or freshman years, that's going to pay dividends for you in a couple of years down the line uh, when you're competing for a national championship, right? Having some fifth year guy like Tyler Perry or Quez Glover, you know, that's great for now for the season that you're in to win games. And it's different because obviously Drum Tang took over. This is just his second season. So those bricks are still being laid. But ideally, I don't think you want to bring in many veteran guys. Now, obviously, like a guy, a guy like Bebe from last year was a perfect guy to just bring in hard worker, you know, give it your all on the court for 10 minutes a game. And you're happy with that. Right. He's not the guy that's your whole team is running through. Right. So from K-State next year in the portal, I want to see guys that are like Bebe, um, you know, I, you know, maybe Tyke Green, where they just come in and they're not really asked to do much. They're not a focal point of the team because we see this now with Tyler Perry this year. If K-State gets to the Elite Eight this year or if K-State doesn't even make the NIT, no matter what happens, K-State got very little out of its guard position, point guard position, because Tyler Perry was that dude. Now, obviously, you want to win games now. I get that. But in the future, you're just not setting yourself up well. So, uh I think that we'll see. We'll, we'll see what Jerome Tang does, right? Now, obviously, you've got David Castillo coming in. You've got a nice three freshmen that are here right now, true freshmen here right now. We'll see. Do they want to bring in another guy like Tyler Perry or bring in experienced dudes, or do they want to bring in guys that are going to play five, ten minutes a game, let those guys that they recruited out of high school be uh, the focal points of the offense and and pay dividends down the line? Agreed. Look, they – Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't have the roster in front of me, but um, Perry and Gasson are done. Um, I don't know so about Gasson. I don't. I, this is just his fourth year, and one of those was a um, COVID year, I believe, right? Okay. Well, let's say they've got two guys that are seniors, okay? I see two guys leaving. I don't know who they are, Yeah. Um, but, you know, you have Castillo coming in, so now you've lost two. Two have transferred. So you're down three. That tells me three from the portal. At minimum, I think three from the portal. I think they know they have to remake this roster. Uh, they've got good pieces, but not, the pieces don't seem to fit together. Last year, they did a great job. What would you do for a Tyke Green or a Bebe right now? They would help this team. Yeah. And th- those guys were pretty limited in how much they played last year. Um, I They just didn't have the same kind of luck with uh, the – transfer portal as they did a year before but that's that's how it works is that it are, are we are we done with the first half we done talking done. this staff needs a big recruiting win guys like pat gongba losing yeah yeah they do they do they, okay they, they, i'm going to break sorry um yeah yeah you're getting they need, a, off. they need a they need a big recruiting win that can happen here in the portal we'll be right back we're sponsored by the fridge we'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors Please visit The Fridge Wholesale Liquor, located at the corner of Claflin and Westport Road in Manhattan, Kansas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy 
price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the show. Let's return to the Cats and Dogs studio. We are back with the PowerCat podcast, Fitz and Zach and Gills. And we learned in the first half that Gills likes being in the middle. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, the Fridge Wholesale Liquor is a wonderful, wonderful place. It's like a little slice of heaven right here in Manhattan, Kansas. If you need liquor or party needs, head to the fridge. They'll help you. You can ask questions. They actually have answers. Not like Ryan Gilbert that just says things. They'll actually help you find products. Yeah. Like if you go to Ryan Gilbert, when he's working at his establishment, said, hey, what's the best tequila uh, you would recommend? He'd go, uh, Jack Daniels. But not at the fridge, man. They've got all the answers. Jack Daniels isn't even a tequila. He does Is it? That. I, goodness gracious, man. <laughs> what did your mom tell you like a month ago to stop picking on me? I, that wasn't picking on you. That was factual. That was, that was Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. On with the questions from Wabash Station. Uh, but, Zach, should we get into the contract a little bit? We can talk about it. No one asked a question about yeah, it. because it just came out to, yeah. today. It's, it came out literally. Kellis posted an article, so I requested the contract real quick, and I literally just got it before we started recording. So, so. let's catch people up. K-State has officially you know, got their new Nike, Nike contract. Kellis Robinette, congratulations. You were on top of it. Um, and he got, you know, he, he foiled that contract and got details on it. We now have it too. It's interesting. It seems to be a better contract for K-State, but what are some of the things that hop out at you at Zach, our contract expert? Yeah, the so there's no more allocated product, so to speak. K-State is paying for product, but it comes at a heavy it's comes at a heavy discount. So it's like a 66.6 or 7% discount from what the i don't know if it's wholesale or retail cost but k-state does save money you know in the end of it or you know at the end of the last contract i wouldn't be surprised if k-state was buying more than what they were allocated anyway so my assumption here is that it's not too different from what they were spending previously but it does look like now that um they've updated the retail licensing rights they've added um some language that gives a certain percent. Um, I didn't have the the contract from the, that they're currently under, so I've been reading that and trying to base that off of what the the previous one because the previous one began in 06. That was when Bob Huggins came in. That's when K State first announced their whole um, all sport Nike agreement, um, and they've just they kept adding amendments on and amendments on. And after 2021. Nike did write up a new contract. So I've been going through that, trying to learn the ins and outs of, of what's different and what's the same. But the main thing is that product allocation, which I believe was between two and three million, somewhere in that ballpark. I get that that is a large ballpark that I just gave. I don't want to flip through these papers here to find out what it actually was I'd like a couple to have of seasons ago. Ballpark is pay. But, um, uh, it's there's some interesting things in it. Um, I haven't obviously gotten to read yeah. much of it since we did it just before, but um, you know, a lot of it's the same. I don't know if it's good or bad yet. Um, I, what I do, what I don't like, I don't like that it's another three year deal. There is a two year option on the back end, but three years is just so little time in turn around new stuff. In turnaround, I mean, 
like I, I assume and I'll get into this. I'll read this and you can ask me more questions last week or last week. Ask me more questions about this next week. Um, but in years past, that order date is like August for football before you've played the current season. You have to order your next season stuff. So there's a lot of planning that goes into the production of athletic apparel. Um, you know, one thing that's interesting here is they there's a lot of brands that K-State is excluded from making agreements with. So um, Adidas, Reebok, Puma, Under Armour, they aren't, you know, every once in a while you might see a, a random shirt in Rally House or, you know, wherever you buy your stuff. And it might just be a random K-State Adidas shirt or a K-State Under Armour shirt, stuff like that. Very minimal it never really happens much anymore, but, oh, but stuff places, like that, stuff, that, stuff like that is done. Um, you're not going to see stuff like that. Yeah, Those places do their own shirts, which are easy to do now. Right. They might actually be Adidas shirts. I just have their tag on them. I mean, you can, you can find the Chinese factory and get those done. Yeah. But no more stuff like that. Um, I think it's interesting. Lululemon's included. So if you're expecting a, I don't know what that was. That was that sound again. It sounds like a door opens. I think it's all like Gilbert. A, a port. I opens. heard it too through my headphones. So it's so strange. There's absolutely nothing it could be. But well, if you if you want to see a K State Lululemon collaboration, I don't think it's going to happen based on the language of this. It upsets it. This, I was hoping uh, for that one. Agreement. Uh-huh. Yeah, a lot of a lot of us were to make yeah. you feel included. Mm-hmm. But okay, well, we'll find out if it means they can turn around any uniforms. Uh, I'll be blunt here. The problem is it hasn't been Nike on the football front. It's been Al Serby, who's in charge of equipment, just doesn't like to do it. I'm going a long rant about that. Never let someone who, who has the decision, will this be more work for me? Make the decision. Cause usually they're going to say, no, I don't want to do it. Uh, that's just my quick thoughts. They need to do something. I know you all believe the football helmet changes have cost them victories, but they really don't. What costs them victories, as Zach has rightly pointed out, is making too big of a deal of it because it's an effing miracle when you do it. How about make it more common and go win some games and get over that hump and quit celebrating, I, as Zach said. If you want to know what Oklahoma State's wearing, what Baylor's wearing, They'll send out a graphic at the start of the year and tell you what color combinations they're wearing for every game. K-State, there you go. That's what you got to do. We're going to wear the new purple helmets at this game. We're going to wear the new white pants at this game and the lavender uniforms. That's not happening. But, um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, lay it all out. I'm not in agreement with a lot of people that say lavender isn't supposed to be part of football. I think it can be an accent color. Um, again, lavender isn't a good school color. Neither is gray. Neither is silver. So quit. Just stop saying that, people. The school can, if the school wanted to add Tom Asbury teal, teal, right teal, there, teal, teal, right there, right there, they could do it. If they wanted to throw in some teal, I don't, I don't know that the blood red. That TC uses is an official color, but they use it because it's, it's so good. cool. It's for marketing. Um, you got the blood shooting out of the, the lizard's eyes. Yes, it's a lizard. TCU fans, you live in a fantasy world. It's a lizard, not a frog. K State still was using teal as late as the 
KU in the street game on the ticket stub. Oh, I, I was looking at my ticket stubs the other day. The KU ticket from that game, teal. Uh, I it don't, should be teal. I still don't have any explanation for why someone sat around and thought teal would be good with purple. But they did it. And Jerome Tang won't make an argument against it because he's colorblind. He'll go, that's a lovely shade of gray. <laughs> Jerome, it's it's teal. I don't know what teal looks like. That's fair enough. Should go teal and then do a uh, a fuchsia security guard tribute throwback. I, I agree with that. It'd be yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it'd be great. Yep. Uh, first question, though, from WCAT is, with a healthy Aoka Lee, how far can the Lady Cats go in the NCAA tournament? Well, they got to get her healthy and then get back to the way they were playing because she came back and granted, she wasn't healthy at Iowa State. You could tell she was limited by her rebound totals. Um, but they kind of got to reinvent themselves again. Uh, and I think that will take a process, but I think they have enough games. If she's healthy, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with upcoming games. Um, this is a team that could get to the final four. That depends on bracket. That depends on, you know, who you're pulling. You know, if you end up with South Carolina in your bracket because you're the eight seed um, overall in the tournament, that's not good. So, but this is a certainly a Sweet 16 team. I think anything less than the Sweet 16 will be a disappointment. And I think you could even, if you wanted to be a little bit more strict about it, you could even say that about the Elite Eight. But this is a Final Four quality team. They just need the right bracket. I think they need to, I think right now they're projected to be like a four seed. I think they need to be a three seed. I I think you want to avoid, you need to avoid the one seeds in that first, in that sweet 16 round. But, you know, if they're a three or even a four seed, they're going to host. I think that's the expectation. If K-State hosts two games here, I think they're making the sweet 16. And what? I'm not sure what they're ranked right now. They're nine. They're nine. In one of the polls, they're nine. But for whatever reason, the bracketology that the NCAA it doesn't, released doesn't make any is sense like to me. They have a, a great resume. Yeah, I do. they beat Iowa. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what. Not many teams have yeah. gone out and, and beaten a team like that on its home floor. Yeah, I don't. I think whoever's doing the bracketology um, is creeping in some some embedded biases with women's basketball that you know this this. Cut of teams is above everyone else. Yeah, but I think you want to be on that two or three line. I don't think K-State gets a one seed, as unfortunate as that may seem, but I think they need to be a two or three seed. That way they avoid playing the likes of South Carolina or Iowa or you know, whoever gets those one seeds. Um, I think you want to you know have a favorable draw for that Sweet 16 games, and then you can beat the one seed, theoretically, in that Elite Eight game. But I don't want to be incredibly confident here, but I feel like you should look at flights to Portland or Albany if you are a K-State women's basketball fan for that second weekend of the tournament. I would be confident in K-State winning. Portland or Albany? Yes. the This is the first year they've done this. They're actually putting... There's only two sites for the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 this year. And it's Portland and Albany? Yes. <laughs> it, that is what it is what the f in all seriousness albany new york that is centralized that's even not even centralized for people in new york at least albany is close to cleveland ohio if you just want to drive over to the final four and spend a weekend between albany and cleveland ohio i okay 
we won't be covering. Gills, you have any thoughts, or do you well, agree? Yeah. So the men's team always, Jordan Tang always talks about not peaking too early on in the season, right? And that's been very clear this year. Um, they've been outspoken about that, right? You don't want to peak early, and there's no denying the fact that K State played much better basketball early on in the year, earlier in Big Twelve play than what we've seen um, over the last one or two weeks, right? So, I mean, the simplest answer to this question is okay. You know that what you had earlier on in the year, and I get it. Ioka Lee's been banged up and stuff, but you want to make sure that, however, you know, however you get this done, you want to make sure that that is not the best basketball you've been playing all year. You want that best basketball to be in March. Right. And that is a fear. Maybe they did peak before her injury. We'll, we'll find out. Next question is from Kevin316. Moving to football, is Clint Brown's promotion the position that you've been saying K-State has needed for some time now? Someone to evaluate transfer portal players. I love it. They've got an actual coach now in charge of recruiting. Um, you know, not a shot at anyone in particular. I just think it's been a missing layer to have someone overseeing recruiting uh, that has the knowledge base to say yes or no. Um, and I've been, I've been wanting like a someone specifically in charge of the portal. And I imagine this job oversees that too. But the the problem is really the process, and maybe this solves it. Most teams that have success in the portal put in about five minutes of scouting if they don't know the player to see if they fit the needs, roughly fit the needs. Does this receiver do the things we need? Does this tackle do the things we need? Okay, yes. On, on first evaluation, yes. Offer, bam, made. We're in the door. We're, we're in the early club. Now let's go back and see do they does he really as we drill down fit the the skill sets and we drill down on personality does it fit the locker room you see a lot of schools make a lot of portal offers that they never follow up on they offer a scholarship but then they don't really follow up with these student athlete that's because they went and did more evaluation and eliminated themselves from contention but the way K-State has been doing it with a lot, they go through the coaches and say, do you want this guy? Do you want, okay, I'll get to it tomorrow. It's too late. You know, these kids, if you're not, so many of the kids in the portal, if you're not in that early wave, they don't feel like you really want them. They don't understand that you were doing a more in-depth evaluation than what the other schools were. They don't care about that. They want the offer. Do you like me so much that within one hour of me entering the portal, you hit me up? You said, offer. Now, maybe you never do anything about it, but if you did, you would be in better consideration. They've just been too sluggish with responsing their response to people going into the portal. Hopefully this solves it. Gil, oh, I guess you want me to go. Uh, yeah. for, football, for football questions, yeah, I think, like you said, Fitz, it, it is, you know, someone's there to finally manage the roster and, and evaluate and maybe have a better look at the the transfer portal and knowing what you need. But I think it goes to, you know, this is probably a position that I would imagine is on most power five staffs. Um, you know, I think we, we talk about K state, you know, being under staffed or under budgeted, you know, they need to catch up to the rest of power five. I think if you look at other, you know, staff lists at other schools, trying to pick the positions that K state may or may not have and compare, I think that's probably the best barometer of, 
of how K-State is competing, at least from a staff personnel standpoint, to the rest of Power 5. But I think this is the, a step in the right direction, Agreed. especially as they go towards the 12-team playoff era of the college football playoffs. So, you know, it, it's as if we keep seeing more promotions and more staff members being added, especially in, especially when you know staff aren't leaving. If staff are staying around or at least these positions are staying filled and they continue to grow their staff, I think that's going to be great for K-State going forward. I agree. Next question. There's nothing, you agree? Nothing, okay. Thank you. Nothing bad about it, right? No, it's, it's helpful. Next question is from Byers DVM. Do you see any more transfer additions for the football team after spring practices? Well, we don't know what happens in spring football. I mean, that's that's what the response will be. Someone got severely injured. We know we need to replace that. Someone uh, someone transferred out. Someone decided, ah, uh, this ain't for me. Or uh, maybe they realize this guy ain't what we thought. Or this guy didn't develop in the offseason the way he needed to develop. Maybe then. Um, it won't surprise me if they do. Look, the reality is new guys will hit the portal when that new window opens up after spring football. It's going to happen. Um, and it could happen this way, too. Maybe you're not displeased with what guys did, but you think, oh, well, if the right guy popped in the portal and then that right guy pops in the portal, you you go and act on it. Um, but, it, yeah, I think they will, but I don't know what position or who it'll be because I think they'll only do it if it's someone new in the portal. I don't, I don't – if you're to this point and you, you're going back and finding guys you missed – the first time around because they were in the portal, uh, you're, that that's kind of an indictment of how you're doing business. Jack? Jeez, I keep <laughs> – I was sorry. I was looking at something else. I keep thinking Gills is going to answer next. Uh, we changed the rules here. Um, yeah, I think that <laughs> – sorry. I think that K-State will add at least a couple players. I don't know who, yeah. don't know what, but there's always room – for somebody to leave and there's always room for somebody to come in. And I just, I don't know, um, you know, who or what, what the position might be, but I would anticipate seeing a couple additions, no real insight there, but, but that's what I would guess. It's exactly what we talked about with basketball, right? Mm -hmm. You know, wait to see if Arthur Kaluma does leave. Now, obviously you're not going to have like big time players just go and jump, but if something happens here at this position, you know, someone's nicked up and you want to add some more depth, right? We'll just have to kind of wait and see. So, yeah. And I don't know, maybe there's some stud at Georgia state, you know, their coach just left to be a position coach in the power five. Maybe, you know, maybe someone from Georgia state went in and you're kind of keeping an eye on them uh, that maybe they fit what you want. Who knows? There's a lot, a lot of things that got to move around for this to take place. Last question of the podcast from Papa Cat. If the Big Ten and the SEC demand an increased number of their teams to be in the college football playoff, should conferences like the Big 12, Big East, and ACC demand increased numbers of their teams in the NCAA basketball tournament? Um, this is going to be a daily delivery, and it might be on this day. I haven't decided the order, but I got a list of things right here. I got my daily delivery. Oh, where is it? List right here, and that is among it. What the hell are they worried about? Uh, if you don't know, the, the Big Ten and SEC, of the 12 spots in the postseason bracket, they want eight for each. 
What are you worried about? Well, if you're so good, shouldn't you be earning those? And let's stop and really think about it. I would say that the Big 12 and ACC might get two in. Might. I think certainly there's years where the Big 12 would need three. And then there's going to be one from a non-power conference. That's five. That leaves seven for the Big Ten and SEC. And yet they want to put in the rules they get eight. Why don't you earn it? Why don't you want to earn it? I don't know. Why don't you go out and schedule in the non-conference, go out and schedule power five opponents and prove yourself. That's exactly it. The SEC wants to keep the candy store open where they get to play four crappy teams on the regular and earn wins. And so you can go, you know, two and six in the SEC and be bowl eligible. Cowards, man. What are you afraid of? You know what you're afraid of? You're afraid that an open system will prove you wrong. You're not that good. That's what you're afraid of. I don't need to do the DD. I just stole for myself. I think it stinks. And they're going to go to 16 and try to corner that. Um, I, I, what a the, the Big Ten and SEC seem determined to destroy college football. And everyone needs to push back. And I, I'm glad. I think Brett Yormark is the guy that can push back. You are not going to destroy college football without one hell of a fight from the fans around the country. That I'm telling you right now, doing this will not be good for the Big Ten and SEC in other ways. My financially, it might be great for you. And you're just greedy sons of bitches, and that's what it's all about. It's it's horrible. It's pathetic. Greg Sankey is a scumbag. I'm I'm fired up about this. And the, the new Big Ten commissioner is his like cuddle buddy who'll do whatever he says to do. Girl, guys. If you're that good, prove it on the damn field. But you, you're afraid of that. Why are you so afraid? <sighs> Brett Yormark should just come out and ask for five. Right. Like, like I feel like Brett Yormark should just something completely ridiculous. Just come out with all these ridiculous things and be like, we did this. We know we did this. I don't know. Like, just right. You could make up criteria. I mean, like, if, if the SEC and the Big Ten, if they want more than one auto bid, let's say they get two. Or well, actually, let's go back there. If they're asking for four, the Big Ten added four schools, so they want essentially two additional for the four that they got. And the SEC added two schools, and they want two additional for the two that they got. I mean, they're essentially saying that Oklahoma and Texas are worth a playoff spot each. <laughs> like what? What are you doing? I just, I, I can understand. If your conference has sixteen teams in it, you get two or something. I don't know what's the eight, what's the Big Ten at? Are they at eighteen? Eighteen. Eighteen. Maybe you get three. I don't know. I, I just my point it, is that there needs to be a it. standard. Now that college football has consolidated, there now needs to be a better standard of non-conference play, standard rules for making the playoff. Like it's not. Like if the SEC is if the SEC is going to still play eight conference games a year, the Big Twelve should be playing eight conference games a year. There's no benefit. I don't think that that K State or Utah or Oklahoma State playing, you know, some random SEC or Big Ten school. I don't think that's going to move the needle 
in one way or the other in terms of the playoff. Go schedule a cupcake. Seriously, go play Tulsa. Go play Colorado State. With all due respect to those teams. Oh, they're, but they're... Go, go play teams that don't deserve to be in the conversation of, of Power 5, so to speak. We will see if they're really up to trying to stack the deck if there's a decision between these two conferences to only schedule power four games between themselves and not include the ACC unless it's Georgia, Georgia Tech or something like that uh, and the Big 12 into those games because the worst thing they can do is to have like four games with the Big 12 teams and the Big 12 goes three and one. I mean, that that's well, if we had an honest media, it would look bad, but they seem to forget, you know, a couple of years ago, the ACC kicked the crap out of the SEC in non-conference games. But uh, I don't know. I, it just feels like there are powers colluding to destroy the game uh, to make themselves a little bit more money and make themselves a little bit happy um, and just ruin something really wonderful about American culture, which is college football. That it? Kills anything? 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 Guy anything? No? Two words. No. Two words. Can you guess what they are? I disagree. No. 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 Okay. Well, that's it. I you, agree. You got two words? I agree. Okay. okay. There we go. <laughs> that's it for the PowerCat Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another podcast. Go check out everything else we're doing on this YouTube channel. I love it. I love it. This has been a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. Please support this show by subscribing to this YouTube channel or follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.